Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. You are loved, you belong, and you have a unique purpose from God. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Here's today's message. There's a lot of people in the world going through a lot of things. And I know in this room, there's probably heavy weight going on all over the place, but This is a family that loves really deep and really hard that had some tremendous loss this week and um, are great members here, and we're the body, right? And we're not here to play church, we're here to be the church. So one, I want to invite you into praying, but two, I want to uh, invite yourself into whatever you might have today, is that we're praying for, to remain anonymous, I'm not going to say the family's name, but as we're praying today, that God would also meet you and your family where you're at. Father, we know that you care so deeply. In the midst of tragedy, you wept because you care. And you're closer than the very air we breathe. Abba. And God, you said that we could take our cares and cast them on you. And right now, through the storm, through the pain, through the suffering, God, that in this moment, you would do what only you can do, comfort, counsel, bring hope and healing. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, that heaven would come. God, that you would take the pieces and use them for your glory, and that the story's not over. If it's not good, it's not over. And God, we thank you that you're a good, good, good father. We ask for your blessing, your protection, and your mercy right here, right now. And for many that are praying, also all the cares that they have, and all of the battles and the sickness and the hurt and the loss that every family has from the sound of my voice right now by the power of the Holy Spirit and the resurrected power of Jesus Christ himself, we ask for healing to reign, your glory, your name to be exalted. We give you thanks. We thank you that you are present. You are Emmanuel, God with us. In Jesus Christ's name, all of God's people said, amen. Thank you for letting me do that. Um, throughout the story of City Life, there's been times where you guys have prayed for my family, you've prayed for me, we've prayed for um, people that are going through things, and I want to encourage you that every week there's people that pray, and the Connect card isn't a card, but it's an on-ramp to what God is doing through his people, and you can put in prayer requests on that card, you can put one in online anytime, and those uh, prayers are then dispersed in reverent, confidential ways to key strategic people um, to invite God in because he cares. And we get to partner up with him through prayer and communicating um, to God and with God. Today, we won't be here long. I recognize that it's uh, July 4th weekend and that is... 1776, the declaration or the independence from Great Britain, 
had taken place in this monumental day that, uh, you know, United States becomes its independent country that then is, as we fast forward and we see fireworks in the sky and it's this celebratory visual of what, what uh, was a reality then that hopefully then would transfer as we remember and we reflect. But as we think of that uh, national remembrance and traditional from an event. I pray, though, and this isn't to just make it spiritual, but just to everything is spiritual. Every, that our thoughts about God would supersede the reality of whatever tradition, um, whatever allegiance is claimed or wanted, that our allegiance and our pledge to God would be ultimate and it would be higher. And that's not to minimize if somebody's like, man, I want to go grill out, I want to remember, and independence, and firework, by, by all means. But, but freedom wasn't free. When we think of freedom in the context, and what I'm meaning when freedom isn't free, I'm meaning for followers of Jesus. Freedom costs everything for Christ Jesus. And in John chapter 8, verse 36, it says this, like, so if the sun sets you free, you will be really free. Well, how did he set us free? By his own life. His own life that took all of the punishment for sin for me and you. That's how freedom was bought. The freedom of Christ came. So the freedom cost Christ everything for everyone to be able to call upon his name. So we think of, okay, if we are uh, um, disciples that are forever free to be forever me, because if I'm unlocked and I'm in Jesus Christ, and, and if that's ultimate, that's the highest freedom that this world could ever see is freedom from the grave. You know, when the worship team's singing, you know, graves to gardens, it's like, no, no, the, the final enemy is death that all of us will face. It's the final enemy. Oh, death, where's your sting? Because on the other side, we meet face to face with God because of Jesus. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by him. And we are all born into sin, dead in sin, and we need a Savior. And then as we say, God, save me, it's his grace. We put our faith in him. We're made brand new. We're born again. And then in our forever home, we have this forever reality that we are forever free. I mean forever, y'all. Forever. Not 1776 free. I'm talking forever free. That's what Jesus did. It's who he is. He's the ultimate freedom. But as followers of Jesus, if it becomes cheap and if we don't remember what, what was paid, now we're free, dumb, D-U-M-B. Extra dumb. Not like, you know, the, the, the double mint gum. The phrase I use is just, if that's so dumb, it's just extra dumb. And I have a dumb meter every day. I have a dumb meter for myself. I have a dumb meter for you. And one of those things is that if, if we discount the cost of Christ or we discount the cross, that is just free dumb. And that goes to zero, 100 to zero. If any of us start to just like mock the cross or mock what Jesus did, like, no, we need to remember we have psalms that we can cry out, we can lament, we, we say, hey, God, why? And we're perplexed by realities and situations we face every single day. But don't get it twisted. Whom the sun set free is free indeed. 
So the chains and the shackles of sin for those that enter into the kingdom, and picture it like if we're in a prison cell for a moment, if you're in a prison cell and the prison cell opens and then you come out, well, you then don't go make your prison the home, right? You got a new master and a new way. And of course, there's like a wrestle because maybe we were familiar with the prison of life and familiar with the addictions and and familiar with the relationships that led us away from Christ. But if it's not leading us to Christ and in Christ, it's just free dumb, not freedom. So we're not going back to the cell. We're not. As followers of Jesus, like we are disciples, learners who are loved. We are disciples are loved because God is love. And then as we move forward as where we're at as a people right now, we've been in this we are series. Just who are we? Pull up the hood. Look at the engine as followers of Jesus. And in our discipleship formation here as a people at City Life, we believe we are loved, we belong, and we have purpose. But if we start to be defined by what we do, we're going to get off track, free dumb. If we just start to think it's only about belonging and community, yeah, absolutely. But it's the love of God. For God so loved the world. God is love. And then as we receive this love, this is where it's, the rubber meets the road. And you might say, okay, we've been talking about love a lot. All right, fine, fine, fine. Well, look at this quote from A.W. Tozer. It's key to understand how we view God. If we view God as some domineering, telling you what to do, or the set of rules, and there's absolutely, if he is Savior, then he can be Lord, which means he would know how to lead us because he's a shepherd and would know how to give us commands and the right blueprints to life. Absolutely. But A.W. Tozer says this, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Man. If I was asked, what's the most important thing about you? I don't know how Jerome would answer in the moment. I would hope I would answer, the most important thing about me is that God is love and he loves me. And I love him with everything. And how we view God ultimately influences our day to day. So I want to start there because if, if, we're, if we're seeing God for who he is, that he's that is a God who made us, that our sins separate us, but he's a God who will rescue us and pursued me and you because he wanted to be forever back with us, relationship. We don't have to live in shame or condemnation. We don't have to hide that we can come close with our Father through the access that he purchased, Jesus, that the veil is torn. And as we come boldly into the throne room of grace, we receive grace time and time again. But we, it's not cheap grace. We're not trying to live as people that um, don't have any uh, reverence for what has happened. We have a new life, a new allegiance. We have a new king, a new master, a new game plan. But then it fleshes out into day to day. It's just Christianity is not a solo sport. It is not just me and you. We are disciples who are loved to love. Like, to love. And then the next question would be, to love who? You. First, the household of faith, the body of Christ. And then do good to everybody, love everybody, as Jesus has loved us. This is hard and heavy because love is not an easy thing to do, to love like God, unless we're remembering Jesus first and how he first 
loved us. So we're disciples that are loved, and as we move forward, because there, there is no solo sport. I was at Blue, Blue Man Group performance, and the Blue Man Group performance, if you know them, they're... they're uh, this act that paint themselves up blue and then they have music they play and they use like plastic PVC pipes and they'll use makeshift drums and they'll put a bunch of paint and it's, it's, it's they basically, they try to tell a st- story or communicate messages through the music and through the display and demonstration of this art experience. And when I was there, they... One of the things they did, they had a sign, and they had two guys, and they to the beat. It was like, and the crowd, and then they on this sign they had me, you, and it was like, and then on the side of the crowd they would go me, and over here it'd be, yeah, there you go, go, okay. Then they switched it, and it was like, uh, uh, and then it was a. Uh, you, you. It was like, and then they switched it, and it said, us, you. Then they switched it, and it said, us, us. So it went, there's no me in you. It's only just us. As followers of Jesus, when one of us hurts, we all hurt. When one of us win, we all win. This is the body of Christ. So that's my introduction to understand love because we're going to look at Philippians 2. I don't know if there's a more rich, dense passage of what love could look like. Look at this. How does the rubber meet the road? If we are disciples, learners, students with God, oh, Rabbi Jesus, lead us everywhere. Show us your ways. I'm loved, thank you, by the ultimate love, God, to love. Look at verse 1. Now, this is written by Paul from lockdown in prison, but he's writing it to a follower, a group of people, me and you, believers, of what the new love would look like and a reminder of where this love and example comes from. Check it out. If then there's any encouragement in Christ if any consolation of love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, make my joy complete by thinking the same way, having the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. So do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. There's moments when, um, you know, as a grown man, you you don't want to, like, always humble yourself. But we're supposed to humble ourselves daily before the Lord, like, humble yourself before God. And we realize that uh, humbling ourselves, there's a vulnerability that comes in that, like a humility, just to, just to bow down, like and say, hey, God, I'm not in charge. You are. There, just that, that, that act of, uh, of a discipline to humble ourselves, is where it's, that's where real strength comes from. Instead of just acting like, 
you know, we're in charge. And in and, 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 and this humility, this, is, this one's hard. If we're thinking of, okay, if I gave you a slice of pie, one of the phrases we use behind the scenes is, eat humble pie daily. Well, because there's going to be moments throughout the day that there's tough pie to eat. And if we're going to eat humble pie daily, means I'm not in charge. You're not in charge. And then when we're in Jesus, as we're wanting to be like Jesus and we eat a piece of humble pie, what would that humble pie then consist of? Considering others is more important than yourselves. You imagine if everyone in the world believed that? Okay, maybe we can't change the whole world. Only God can. But you imagine what city life could be like if we loved and considered others as more important than ourselves? Well, before we even move on and be like, well, of course, I care about people. I, I don't want to make that assumption. I don't know if I'm considering others more important than myself. This is a die daily type of uh, rhythm. This is a die daily type of experience. So everyone should look not to his own interests, but rather to the interests of others. Well, Paul, that feels like a really weighty word. Where do I find that source of strength? Where's the origin? Where, what is the premise of your command? If you're speaking so powerfully that I'm going to consider the interest of others more important than the interest of myself, but yet we have a good father that cares about you. This is the mystery of it. He cares about every single one of our needs. He takes care of the birds. He takes care of the lilies. He's surely going to take care of me and you. And as we seek God first, he's going to give you those things. But don't get it twisted. His job and his main purpose is to not to get things to us. It's to get the kingdom in us so that it will flow through us and through us to who? People us otherwise we're just free dumb it's not freedom so freedom sets us free so that now we can then consider the uh the the important issues of other people more than ourselves we keep the main thing at the forefront so we're love to love and love is not just ethereal it's not just some feeling it is rubber meets the road it is practical it is sacrifice serving suffering being there it is a long long road and that's okay like there's up downs and we all are going to need some mayday moments where we need some help like, for real, right? That's why when stuff hits the fan, you don't want to uh, try to find community then. <laughs> so when we jump into Belong next week and we talk about community, I, I, I get it. Like, it's America. It's hard to form our lives in, in, in rhythms that have community and connection. And we say the early church, man, they met daily. They were all about this. They were about that life. And it's like, we can barely get us to meet sometimes for like an extra hour in the week. Oh, it doesn't work well with my schedule. Sorry, it doesn't. And it's like not to shame us. It isn't. It's just to accurately give a picture. Like this is the battle we're all dealing with. We just naturally find ourselves like Martha, too busy. <laughs> and God's wanting us, he's inviting us into a new way of life that's way better. It's way more than anything we can get. It's way many, more than anything we can achieve or accolade we can achieve or a thing we can have. And it's, it's not the presence we bring. Presence, like, okay, I'm here if you're a gift giver, you know, and you, you like to give presents and you like to show up presents, but you know the ultimate gift we can bring people? It's not the presence we bring. It's the presence of God that we bring. And may there be no more shame. Like, if you can't ever afford a gift for anybody, like, let's just, 
you're, you, you can say, Pastor said, there's no gift giving forever if you can't do it. There's no obligation. But what you could do is just maybe give them the gift of you and the gift of God and the gift of, I'm going to consider your life and, and then practically do that. Maybe that's writing a card. Like, shout out to that. All four gifts. But sometimes it's pressure. Sometimes it's just tradition. Sometimes it's got to go through the formality and we forget the main thing, main thing. I'll fall back, right? Okay, deep breath. Jerome, for myself. I love you guys. So here's the, here's the game plan. Look at verse five. Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus. Who? This is so cool. Who, existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, look at how he used his power. You just pause for a second. Who, existing in the form of God, what? Who is this Christ Jesus? Christ Jesus, existing in the form of God, capital G, whoa, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. And then for this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus, picture this, every ruler, every kingdom, every nation, every politician, every leader, every business owner, every parent, every single person on this planet, eight billion people, or if he returns way later, there could be way more, there could be way less, we don't know. And even probably AI robots in the future, just every single entity, check this out, so that in the name of Jesus, every knee, will bow. Real strength is found in bowing. It's humility. And then from that place, we're then go loving people because we see Jesus showed us the way. And he's ultimate. He's forever. And that's how we're forever free. So in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus Christ is Lord forever and ever, and ever, and ever. And until then, we get to love people like he did. This freedom isn't cheap. There's a sacrifice. There's a serving. There's a day-to-day -day suffering. But it's worth it. Kingdom work is worth it. And kingdom work is synonymous with people work. We don't lose when we're investing in people. In the name of Jesus. Otherwise, it's just some good works activity. Now, we're just a normal nonprofit. The thing that separates us is the name of Jesus. And we're not defined by the good works. We're trying to do good work. We want to do good work, and they'll see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. But ultimately, they're going to know us from our love for one another. Us. Us. Right? That's all it is. It's just us. So worship team, I want to invite you into this, the stage and, and church, I want to invite you to a moment. I think this moment here is, um, is um, for us to examine our hearts and say, one, where am I at with knowing who God is? Freedom is found in the son, Jesus. Whoa. 
But where am I at with loving and humbling myself and looking at Jesus, how he loves, and I, to love people and to consider others? Like real discipleship is like, I love you. We're in this. This is us. I can't do everything for everyone, but I can do one thing for someone, and that could be everything. And if we're just doing stuff, of course we'll be exhausted. We need to reset daily. And I don't know if you're here and you're tired. I don't know if you're here and uh, you're in a storm. I don't know if you're here and you're, you just are loving life and loving people. Well, amen. But may we remember where the source of love comes from on our discipleship journey, the source of everything. In the same way, Paul's like, look, if you want to live this out, consider others higher than yourself. Let's be in one purpose, one mind. Let's do this all together and let's encourage you. But let's go look at the type. Let's look at our example. Let's look at our Savior. Let's look at our Lord. Let's look at Jesus. That's real love. So what I'm going to do is uh, I was sitting in a, uh, a pastor's, um, like, I don't know. I don't know what you'd call it. it Maybe a therapy little group thing. And um, I don't want to, like, make it just some little thing. That's not cool. It was cool. But th- this one guide, he, he's been in ministry a long time, and he did this exercise. And um, the exercise was you, you'd read Scripture multiple times. Is someone supposed to be sitting here? Is that what happened? It's okay. We can move this. There. You want me to move it? It was you? You feel good? You want me to sit there? I'll sit there. Yeah, I'll sit here. Okay. And um, so that's where I got this from, was to, to read the scripture multiple times, and I'm going to each time give us something else to highlight. So will you pull back up Philippians 2, starting in verse 5. The first time I read this passage, we're going to just read 5 through 8. Just want you to observe these three verses. Actually, four. Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who, existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. Just observe that for a moment. And now, the next time I read it, we're asking the Holy Spirit to highlight something from the text. Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who, existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross.
And then the last time, we're going to ask the Holy Spirit something specific He wants you to do. So maybe in another way, like who He wants you to love or how this fleshes out in our own individual life. And before we do that, I want to just pray. God, we humble ourselves before you, knowing that your word is alive and it's active and it's sharper than any sword. It cuts so deep, even to the depths of our soul. And we posture ourselves before you right now, speaking as uh, a body and as a people and present. But we know, God, that we need the customized strategy for each one of us of how we are disciples who are loved to love. And we pray in this moment that you will show each one of us how that we can adopt the attitude of you in our day-to-day life to apply this even today and tomorrow. Verse 5. Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who, existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. Just pause. Holy Spirit, we pray that we could live the mind, the attitude, and the heart of Christ out as disciples who love, whom the Son set free is free indeed. There's freedom in this place, and there's freedom to be loved and to love. It doesn't get old. We remember. Thank you for showing each one of us how we can love in our life. For me, I sense that the Holy Spirit was just telling me what I know already to be true, but these moments calibrate us. It's just love your wife, love your kids. Like, see them. Be more intentional in my time curate moments and spaces. So I share that practically because you might have got something that you thought, man, is it just that simple? Like sometimes I feel as a, as a pastor, just to be real, like you get so many requests and it's an honor, it's sacred work. But may we never forget that work first starts at home. And so for myself, I'm thankful that God just reminds me all the time, get back there, get back there. So that's what took place for me in that moment. And I just share that as a glimpse of transparency that I pray that it would somehow customize into your world. Mission and love uh, all flows from worship, seeing his worth, and the team's going to lead us in worship. You can stand, you can kneel, you can come to the front. 
We're going to take some moments before we go out um, and tackle the day. And we're just going to worship.
God, we worship you. We thank you for who you are. You are perfect, all-knowing, full of grace, full of truth. Your ways are higher. Your thoughts are higher. We lift you up in our hearts and in our minds, in the depths of our soul. God, we pray that you'll lead us, you'll guide us, and then each moment, each breath, each step, each day, each second, each hour, all of it. You keep us in tune where you're at in the room and what you're doing. God, I thank you for your people. I pray a blessing on them, strength on them, and for their friends and for their family, for their jobs. I pray that you will enlarge their territory, have your hand upon them, keep them from evil. Help them acknowledge you in everything they do and you will make straight their paths. And keep the main thing the main thing. That whom the sun set free is free indeed. And help them walk that out day by day, all of us. We yield and we humble ourselves before you. And we pray this in the powerful name of Jesus Christ and all of God's people said, Amen. Thank you for being a part of today. See you next week, 10 a.m. and 11.30. All races, all faces, and all ages, you belong here. We're going to keep loving the city one life at a time. And we won't stop until Jesus Christ comes back and he makes all things new. Have the best day of your life, y'all.
listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. To get connected, learn more, and invest financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.